0: This is The Woman Behind the Business, featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livus.
1: This week on The Woman Behind the Business, we're talking fitness. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Livas, and today's guests are equipped to get you mentally, physically, and spiritually fit. Did you know that women entrepreneurs are the fastest growing demographic to launch businesses? In addition, 90% of women entrepreneurs are solopreneurs, meaning they're covering the gamut when it comes to their business, handling everything from their business development, billing and accounting, to actually executing the work. These stresses over time can cause entrepreneurial burnout, and that's no good for anyone. Dr. Michelle C. Reed is a board-certified family physician, public speaker, and the best-selling author of Mentally Fit, Physically Strong, The Fit Doc's Guide to Real Life, Real Fitness, and Real Health. She serves her community as the owner and medical director of MS Family Medicine Healthcare PC, a holistic practice. And she has been featured on The Rachel Ray Show with Dr. Ann Smith and Sunny Anderson of The Food Network the New York Daily News, Ebony Magazine, Essence Magazine, and a host of other mediums. Dr. Michelle has an unyielding passion for living her best life and motivating her patients and peers to join her on the journey. Welcome to the show, Dr. Michelle.
0: Thank you very much for having me here, Angel.
1: <laughs> and thank you for traveling all the way from New York to in, be here.
0: Anything at all for Sora. <laughs> I had to throw that one in there. Yes. Little kiwi. <laughs>
1: All right. So when I
0: say the fit doc, what's the very first thing that comes to mind? So with the fit doc, it's a doctor who really cares about fitness and wants to inspire you to help you stay committed to being your best, healthy and fittest person possible.
1: And so how'd you get this name? the <laughs> Fit Doc? I mean, that's not something that you normally, you know, walk into a practice and hear somebody or even think about.
0: So how'd you get that name? Well, Growing up, I was always doing some type of activity. And when I got older, becoming a businesswoman became a little harder for me to stay as healthy as I wanted to. And I ran into the organization Black Girls Run. And when I started running with them and they found out that I was a doctor, one of the members was like, Hey, hey, fit doc. And that's just sort of how I ran with it. But it's trying to inspire people to want to be healthy and to be committed. And who better to inspire them than their doctor? Oh, I love it.
1: So what are some of the things that you do to inspire and encourage people
0: to get fit? Well, my main thing is I live by example. Okay, I am an entrepreneur. I have two school districts that I take care of. I'm the mother of twins. I'm married. Twin boys, right? Twin boys. Mm -hmm. My parents, thankfully, are still alive. And I'm a typical person. Mm -hmm. So I have all the things that everyone else is juggling. And I realized that if I did not take care of myself, there's no way in the world that I would be able to do all the things that I have to do and all the things that God has placed me on earth to do. Right. Right.
1: And I think you said it so eloquently, like the statistics are 90 percent of women entrepreneurs, like they over time can burn out, lose their business. They just running on films because they're doing everything.
0: And the need is that we grow up feeling that we have to do everything because we see our parents doing the same thing, especially our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunts Mm -hmm. and our uncles. Everyone feels that, oh, we got to do this. We got to do this. We don't do this. Everything's going to fall apart. And the main thing that ends up falling apart is ourselves. Exactly.
1: And I think the other element of feeling as though you have to do so many different things. As an African-American woman, (laughs) when you feel like you are kind of competing or trying to prove yourself to Mm -hmm. other people, I've found in my past, I've always had less help than my other counterparts. And so I feel as though I constantly have to show, improve, mm-hmm. show that I can take on more than everyone else, mm-hmm. but you don't get any more recognition. You don't get any further necessarily, mm-hmm. yet you're the one doing all the work.
0: But that's because growing up, we feel that we always have to prove something to someone. And I mean, my, I myself, I went through the same process because here I am told in College that I should probably go and become an African-American professor instead of becoming a doctor. Mm-hmm. And then when I get into medical school, you know, I was made to feel that I wasn't in the right place. And then residency issues happen. And then when you talk about becoming a businesswoman and owning your own practice, I'm being told you can't do it. So I always felt that I had to prove myself. Mm-hmm. And finally, I just accepted, you know what? I am what I am. I'm going to be doing the best possible thing that I can do for myself and for my family. And sometimes it's, it's enough. It is enough.
1: 90% <laughs> of the time, it is enough. <laughs> it has to be enough. And I think we just have to be accepting of the mm-hmm. fact that we are enough. Yes. Now, what was the inspiration behind you writing your book, Mentally Fit, Physically Strong, The Fit Doc's Guide to Real Life, Real Fitness, and Real Health?
0: Well, I've had my private practice for about 16 years. Mm-hmm. And especially in these days, I see that I'm saying the same thing over and over. Like what? All right. You have diabetes. Mm. You know what you're supposed to eat. We've gone over what the suggested or the recommended um, dietary intake should be about exercising, about getting your sleep but people just weren't getting it. Mm. And I realized that if I sort of pin something to paper, maybe they'll really take the time to read it because I'm, I want them to be committed to taking care of themselves. Mm. Not just, okay, one day waking up and I'm going to be a vegetarian. And then, <laughs> Vegan. oh, yes. And then the next time, you know what? I'm going to do this ketogenic diet. And then maybe a month later, you know what? I'm just going to fast the entire month. I mean, I've heard it. Mm-hmm. Or patients will come in like, Dr. Reed, can you just give me a pill? For what? To lose weight. (laughs) And I mean, I've heard every single excuse that you can come up with. Mm -hmm. And I realized that no matter what I say, I can't convince people to do it. Mm. And if I can show them that I've done it, and I've done it a natural way, then maybe that'll inspire them to stay committed. You know, you yourself, you have two young children to take care of. Mm-hmm. You want to be around for your children. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to grow up without a mother, without you in their life. And these are things that I tell my patients that they want to be around to have similar experiences that they had growing up, or maybe they didn't have growing up because their parents didn't take care of themselves and and they died before they actually became teenagers right. or adults. Mm-hmm. So that really is what inspired me because the only thing that would change would be the face of the patient that I was talking to. Mm. Wow.
1: Now, just as um, the faces are changing uh, and people now have more than just you to verbalize it to them, Mm -hmm. they have your book, Mm -hmm. how many of them... Have you seen a difference in your clients and, you know, whether or not they've read the book and they're taking the advice more seriously Mm -hmm. and you're seeing actually action happen from these patients? I see
0: a large amount of action because patients realize that if their doctor sat there and took the time to write a book. Right. And they know how busy I am Mm -hmm. as far as in the practice and outside the practice. They're like, it's worth it. And I've seen so many different changes. I mean, one patient was telling me that at Thanksgiving while they were away in the Poconos, she took the book to read. And when she woke up Thanksgiving morning to read the book, her mother was reading the book. (laughs) And then when her mother put it down, her daughter read the book. And they were sitting around Thanksgiving dinner, and they said, well, Dr. Reed wouldn't really recommend that we do this. And they realized that they took in the information that I gave them. (laughs) And then from there, what I started was what we call Fit Doc Boot Camp. 4 days a week where we encourage people to come in and exercise. And You're, you do that for free. You you offer what P90X and well, what we did in the past, we did it for free. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, you know what? I'm taking time out of my schedule to mm-hmm. do something. So we made class. The first class that you come to is free. It's a boot camp. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you come is $15. And if you really enjoy it, you'll bring somebody with you and it becomes $10. Right. And even I'm a member of the National Coalition of 100 Black Women, the Long Island chapter. Once a month, the ladies come in and we exercise together. That's beautiful. So what better way for us to be healthy and to be women and to exercise together and meet together? I love it. I love it. <laughs> now, let's
1: talk a little bit about the business side of things. Um, the journey of entrepreneurship for a doctor comes with many risks. <laughs> and I feel like those risks are a lot greater than the typical small business owner. Mm-hmm. What propelled you to keep pushing forward and get not only one practice, but two? Um, Yeah, I I need answers because I'm like, that takes a lot of faith. (laughs) That takes a lot of
0: perseverance. So, Well, growing up, I always said I wanted to have my own hospital. And I knew around four or five years old that I wanted to be a doctor. Wow. Yes. And during residency, I met a young lady and the two of us became business partners and started our practice two years after we came out of residency. And it's not like we had parents who were doctors. We had no one in the family. We were the first generation of doctors in our families. And we decided to start off our practice together. That, I'm not going to say it's been easy. Mm-hmm. It definitely hasn't been easy mm-hmm. um, due to differences. We had a partnership divorced a couple of years back. And I opted to stay in the practice. We already had the two locations, which are very diverse patient popula- um, populations. Mm-hmm. And and it continued to grow. Wow. And it went from, when we first started, just the two doctors, having our husbands come in and answer the phone, <laughs> check insurances for us, we would draw the blood, we would spin the blood down to prepare for the lab to come and pick it up, to now having the two locations, three doctors and one and a half physician assistants. And now we have medical assistants. And now we have managers and we have nurses. So that's where my dream has grown. But at the same time, with all the changes that's going on with healthcare, mm-hmm. it's hard. Starting the practice was a big financial step to take two years after residency. Because, you know, coming out of medical school, you can have 250000 up to at least half a million dollars of debt. debt? Mm-hmm. And during the time of building up the practice, you're so busy building up the practice that you're not necessarily building down <laughs> on your loans. Right? And that's sort of the issue that goes on when you're having a business. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you are the last person to take care of when it comes to a lot of aspects of being your own business person.
1: Now, did you have the fears or, or um, concerns of malpractice suits or even dealing with an insurance company? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, all of those are concerns. I mean, each and everyone from business owner insurance to property insurance to disability insurance right. to making sure that my staff has medical insurance. It definitely is not easy. And I'm not going to say that it hasn't been easy mm-hmm. because I'm far from perfect. And I realize that my practice is not a perfect practice. But at the same time, I've grown it into something that I am proud of and i I'm also just trying to figure out the direction that I want to go into next because everyone enters a season. Mm. And I think that's sort of when my season is sort of changing. I want to still have the practice to see patients, but I really feel that the people that I can touch... More so are outside of my practice because I have people in my practice that can see the patients, that can do the business that I have to do. And that's why I was able to come down here to be with you today, because I know that I hired staff that will do everything that they need to do to maintain the practice. But at the same time, me personally, Fit Doc, I want to grow my brand. I love it. I love it. Now, before
1: we journey on to the Fit Doc, I want to talk more about that little girl that you just kind of talked about very briefly that knew that she wanted to be a doctor at the age of five. And and I say that because my kids are three and five. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like in developing who they'll be, what their aspirations are, do you remember what transpired in your life that made you decide in that very moment, I want to have a hospital?
0: Well, what ended up happening was I had the good fortune of having a Black pediatrician mm-hmm. and not many people have that and especially growing up you either went to dr branchy or dr rainsford they were the two black pediatricians in the area and every time i went there i would ask questions he would take the time to answer the questions my mother one time ended up going to the jewelry store because under the guise that sh- we were going to get our ears pierced and when it came time for us to get our ears pierced dr branchy said who's going to go first and i'm like mommy And he pierced her ears. And here she is, a woman in her 30s who never had her ears pierced. And my pediatrician did it. Mm. And then I found out as I got older, my mother wasn't planning to pierce her ears. (laughs) (laughs) But at that age, when I went to his practice, I didn't feel that I was in a doctor's office. I just felt comfortable. Mm. And that's the same experience that I wanted my patients to have and in the practice it's not just family medicine we have a cardiologist that comes in we have a gastroenterologist and i am selfish sometimes and that's what i encourage a lot of people to do to take care of yourself i have a massage therapist who comes into my practice beautiful now let's
1: chat a little bit more about women's health
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um primary demographic of the show are women entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. um and just women in general so I know that you mentioned this earlier when you said people come in and they're like, they ain't getting enough sleep. Angel falls in that category. (laughs) Um, And I know that it's recommended that adults get anywhere between seven and eight hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you don't get that, how does it affect your productivity and overall health?
0: It does a major blow to your productivity because you're tired. Okay. You're fatigued. You have brain fog. You can't think clearly. And then when it comes time for you to interact with other people, you're grumpy. I am not. We are not talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's the reality. Right. And then if you're in the business world and you want to go for a promotion, No one's going to want to promote you because they're feeling that you're tired and sluggish. You're not taking care of yourself because sometimes it even gets to the point where it affects your appearance. Mm. Someone's talking to you and you're closing your eyes, falling asleep and oh, yawning up a storm. People are going to feel that you don't take care of yourself and you're not being attentive to yourself. And I want to stress the importance of taking care of number one. We have so many big plans that we want to see come to fruition. And unless we take care of that one temple that God has given us, it's not going to happen. Okay. So
1: (laughs) we want to keep it all the way 100 real quick. So, If I am a mother of two, a wife, run, you know, different businesses, as well as a radio show and have all of these different things on my plate. Plus you're telling me you want me to work out. How do you fill it all into your day? What is your journey like? Because I think that you're telling us that you want to lead by example, mm-hmm. but are you giving us a schedule of our day to say, this is how you do it. This is how you fit in work,
0: family, kids. So for my private clients that I have on the side, I come up with a schedule with for them mm-hmm. because sometimes as busy women, we're so busy doing all the other business that we have to do that we forget our business. Mm-hmm. So first thing in the morning, I get up I meditate. Sets the tone for the day. And what time is this? Usually, could be anywhere from five thirty to about six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning. It Mm, depends on who has to be at school first. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that. So, if there's a seven o'clock person, then I'm usually up like five thirty-six. Now, that's before they get up. Before they get up. Okay, go ahead. And so, I meditate. Once I get up, I might stretch for a few seconds. And then I always eat breakfast and sometimes I'll shower. Then I'll go and eat breakfast Mm -hmm. because breakfast is the most important meal of the day because you need that fuel. You're not going to send your child. To school without eating breakfast, will you, Miss Angel? No, ma'am. That's right. So that's why it's important that you have breakfast yourself. And sometimes I'll have breakfast with my kids, depending on how they're moving. Sometimes I'll have breakfast afterwards. But they know they do not leave the house without eating breakfast and that mommy's going to be eating breakfast, too. And then from there, you go to work. That's fine. Maybe your job has a gym. Do they charge you for it? And even if they charge you for it, they want their employees to be healthy. Mm -hmm. So take advantage of that. There's a nice app that's a seven-minute workout. It's a free app. Really? And if you do that seven-minute workout, I'm pretty sure you'll be like... You know what let me do seven more minutes <laughs> and before you know it you'll reach the amount of exercise that you're supposed to have which is anywhere th- from 150 minutes of nice vigorous exercise per day no per oh. week <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i was like girl this is
1: all the way not working yeah and okay. i mean
0: you might find depending on how your schedule is for some patients i have them exercise in the morning mm-hmm. for some i have them exercise in the evening it really depends. And during the day, I need you to fuel up. I need you to eat lunch. I need you to eat dinner. And if you feel that maybe you're going to be working late like tonight, maybe you might not get in until like 8, 9 o'clock, try and have a bigger breakfast and a bigger lunch.
1: Now, you said the required or requested amount is like 100. And 150 minutes per week. 150. So that works out to be about how many minutes per week? So if you day? do
0: five days That's 30 minutes. And exercise can be, you have two young children. You guys could be dancing, have a dance-off. I'm chasing them half the time. So doesn't that count? Only if your heart rate is going up, you're breaking a sweat, and you're like, slow down so mommy can catch up with you. That's the only way that is going to count. And I highly doubt you're breaking that much sweat. No, I'm not. But I mean, we can come up with personalized schedules Mm. because people don't realize that Any little simple action that they do is better than inaction.
1: So to that
0: point, if
1: people are at home in their home office and they're working Mm -hmm. and they're behind a computer, let's say, you know, eight to 14 hours a day, Mm -hmm. what can we do like right at our desk or you know, right in our office to get some workout in.
0: So if you have a standing desk, Mm -hmm. that would be perfect. And you can do squats, you can do lunges, forward lunges, backwards lunges, side lunges as you're sitting there doing your work or standing there doing your work rather. Mm -hmm. Those are simple things that you can do. And even if you are in front of the computer or even on a business call, you can get some weights and you can Mm -hmm. be doing some bicep curls, some triceps, Extensions, some chest press, all of those things can be doing while you're sitting, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure you'll be working hard enough that your heart rate will go up, and it will count as exercise. Nice, 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 nice. And you're going to have to go to the bathroom, of course. So then what you do? You can do lunges to the bathroom. Oh my lord!
1: As you're walking through the hall, or are you talking about at home? Yes,
0: at home. Oh, okay, but what if I'm in the office? Well, if you're in the office, depending on how comfortable you are. Mm-hmm. You can inspire other people as you do your lunges to the bathroom. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You never know. But I mean, even if you come into my office, I'll just use my office as an example. Mm -hmm. Majority of my staff exercises. Mm -hmm. And this is something that they started more than likely once they started working for us. Wow.
1: Well, I mean, you are the fit doc, so I don't know how people (laughs) could expect to come into the office and be looking not
0: fit. Well, you know, the picture of fitness can vary, but (laughs) at least I know that they're telling me that they're moving. I love it. Now, are there
1: any concerns that you see on a regular basis um, in women Mm -hmm. like right now?
0: Any For consistent? me, I don't see people taking care of themselves. And when you say taking care of themselves, what does that mean? That means not eating right, not getting your sleep, not drinking enough water, and forgetting who you are mentally, physically, and spiritually. Because all of those things, because I have an upcoming um, talk that we're going to be doing, and it's sex after hours. Mm-hmm. With one of my good colleagues, Talk With Gwen. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about the importance of taking care of yourself. Because if you don't take care of yourself, that's going to affect you in all of those aspects, plus sexually.
1: Now, is there a certain amount of sex you're supposed to be having on a regular
0: basis? (laughs) (laughs) You can have as much sex, and that counts as exercise, as as you can possibly do, but with your busy schedule. (laughs) Oh, I can make time. (laughs) And and that's the key thing. And you'll notice that once you start to exercise, that's going to boost your self-confidence. You'll feel good. You'll look good. You'll have that stamina that you need to perform longer. Mm -hmm. And the same thing applies to men. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I hey, I agree and I understand. <laughs> yes, but that's the main thing that I see mentally, physically, spiritually, sexually. No one is really taking care of themselves, and then that's why we have the pre-diabetes. Because mm-hmm. when I was in medical school, we didn't talk about diabetes like pre-diabetes. We talked about diabetes, right? But we're having kids that are ten and eleven years old being diagnosed with pre-diabetes. It's because of what they're eating and because they spend so much time not exercising. So just two quick things. When
1: you say what they're eating, what should they be eating?
0: For the most part, they should be eating healthier food choices. So Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. You're a busy mom. There's a drive-thru. Would you choose McDonald's over Chick-fil-A? Which one would you choose? Chick-fil-A. And why is that?
1: Because they tell me it's healthier. (laughs) I'm being
0: honest. But at the same time, you never hear anything about Chick-fil-A not having real chicken. Right. So it's real chicken breast. Mm -hmm. So chicken breast is a healthier option. Instead of getting the French fries, they have fruit. Mm -hmm. They have a salad. right? And introducing the kids to foods like that increases the likelihood that they will have the healthier diet. So at schools, they're not going to be like, oh, you know what? Those those Cheetos, the Doritos, anything that ends in an O is usually not that healthy for you, like <laughs> Cheetos, Doritos. <laughs> so if you keep that in mind, you say things like that and you're not bringing it into the house, mm-hmm. your child is less likely to eat things like that. It's getting kids to realize that there are healthier food choices out there for them. Now, and, speaking
1: of water, mm-hmm. how much water intake should you be putting
0: into your so body? So take half your body weight. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. and add ounces at the end. So if you weigh, I'll just say 140 pounds Mm -hmm. divided by two, that's 70. Put ounces at the end. So 70 ounces of water. Yes. And one of the things that I do, I have water before and after each meal. I'll usually drink 10 ounces of water Mm -hmm. before and after a meal. Right there, because I'm eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I am fit, (laughs) dog. Right there, that's 60 ounces. Right, right. And then you're going to drink some more water between breakfast and lunch and lunch and dinner. right. No, I And there it. you go. And if you're exercising, you want to be drinking even more water because you want to stay hydrated. <laughs> you like how I threw that in there. I do. I do that <laughs> exercise. That's why you're here.
1: Well, we're going to continue with the nutrition um, conversation with our next guest, uh, Miss Nicole Dias. who will be joining us right after our Tech Talk. Before we head into our second segment, it's time to get techie with Tech it's that time. It's time for our Tech Talk with Angela Dingo, who is in studio with us again. Thank you so much for being here, Angela. Thank you for having me, Angel. Okay, so I'm going to be honest. When you told me what we're talking about today, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? So tell me a little bit about
2: this day one app day one is a journaling app. And I know that a lot of people don't think that journaling apps are cool. But uh, again, if you've heard me speak before, you know that I talk about uh, having a routine and uh, using your emotional intelligence to learn more about yourself as a woman business owner. And so day one is just one of several tools that I use to do that.
1: Now, for me, when I think journaling, I like to have pen to paper. So how what does that feel like to sit there and just kind of be on your phone? I feel like we're on our phone so much. Journaling seems like it's something that, you know, it's a little bit more intimate, but it's you still get that
2: same feeling with day one? I do get the same feeling. And the thing that the thing that works really well about the journaling app is that you can add your pictures. I can do screen capture. So when I'm using other apps like WhatsApp and I see something cool in there that I want to remember, I can uh, just add that to my journal within day one. I can print it out if I'd like to. So if you want to have something printed, you can. It works for me because I'm always on the move, right? I'm, I'm traveling. I'm moving around. It gets to the end of the day. And if I haven't journaled already, I don't have to go and get my, I don't have to go and get a book and find an ink pen and have the light on. I have the journal right there. And even it's only five things that I write down that I'm happy about for today. I've had an opportunity to put them into my journal. And over time, you can look back and you just see this timeline of all the great things that have happened for you over the course of a year or the things that you've been working on. Uh, They have little guided um, notes for you when you start journaling every day. So if nothing comes to mind, if nothing else, you can just go in there and answer the question that's been presented to you for the day. Now, how important is it
1: to journal, um, especially as a woman entrepreneur?
2: Again, journaling is part of um, developing your emotional intelligence. Uh, you need to be aware of, of yourself, about your emotions, and about the way that you react to uh, scenarios that happen in the workplace and in your personal life because they have an impact on uh, on the way that you make decisions about the business, on the way that you make decisions about how you are as a person. So both personally and professionally, and journaling is just a way to look at, uh, look at a given given uh, scenario and evaluate how you performed in that in that particular situation
1: okay awesome now is there a fee associated with day one
2: i don't believe so i don't think i've had it for so long Oh, i I, want to say no there's not a cost associated with it okay well
1: we will definitely have that um, information on our website available to all of our listeners so to learn more be sure to check out wbbtalk.com Welcome back to the Woman Behind the Business talk show. The first half of the show, we spent learning about Dr. Michelle Reed, a.k.a. The Fit Doc's journey to building and growing her holistic family medical practice in Long Island, New York, and some healthy healthy living reminders women entrepreneurs should be mindful of. Now, we're gonna dive into a little nutrition and spiritual talk with our next guest, Miss Nicole Dias. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Good evening. I'm so glad that you're here. Now, Nicole established a Taste of Heaven Catering back in 1996 and has served thousands of people, including the head of state. Over the past two decades, she has done everything from being a personal chef to serving major corporations. On top of it all, Nicole is a minister. Yes, Nicole. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> which makes sense because the company is called A Taste of Heaven Catering. A Taste of Heaven. So, talk to us a little bit about your journey. Um, I know that at one point you were in education, and then you transitioned from education into the catering business. Talk to us a little bit about that business and transition.
3: A Taste of Heaven Catering Service. A Taste of Heaven Catering Service was birthed out of. A uh, little, you know, side hustle. Single parent, mm-hmm. need some extra money. We school teachers. We need some help. <laughs> and um, the secretary of my department, older lady, is about to retire. And she said to me, you know, you're always cooking for other people, and you don't charge them. But you're a single mother.
4: What's, What's
3: wrong with you? <laughs> and so I'm smiling and laughing at her. Because I really didn't take her seriously. I'm like, you know, that's what I do. That's what I like to do. No big deal. But then she kind of like reined into me, you know, told me all for a good about um, how I could increase income from my family by charging people for the meals that I cook. And she says, you know, the state of Maryland Department of Cosmetology is coming to our school for a meeting, and I'm in charge of providing the lunch. And if you were a licensed business, I would automatically give you the business. So I said, if I could become a licensed business by the time they get here, could I have the job? And she blew me off because she was like, you're not going to do it. You're just wasting my time. But yet, I gave you some good information. Well, in two weeks, I walked into her office, and she had the um, phone receiver to her ear, was calling a local deli. I showed her my paperwork, and the State of Maryland Board of Cosmetology was my first client. Wow.
0: Yay. Your first paid My first paid client. That's client.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, my first paid client. And so, from there, a taste of having catering service was birth. And um, during the first, I would say from 1996 to about 2012, I did it as a part-time job. It was a full-licensed company, but as a part-time job. And I was still teaching school. Mm. And I would work late many nights, get up very early many mornings, and prepare um, banquets Funeral repast, um, luncheons, and things of you know various natures, various events. I would pack it up, uh, take it before I went to school, or I would go to school, and on my break, I would go to the client and deliver it, and did all kind of.
0: Yeah, what you had to do. Yeah. (laughs) Now, was this you working out of your own kitchen, or were you using an industrial kitchen? In the early years, caterers
3: were allowed to work out of a home kitchen. This Mm -hmm. is many years ago. And so I did it, you know, initially out of my home kitchen, and then I moved to a commercial kitchen. Mm. And so, you know, I I kind of, would you say, did it as you go, you know, like connect the dots kind of thing. Um, not really knowing the administrative part of the business, mm-hmm. but having a passion for preparing great, nutritious, um, organic meals, you know, fresh uh, produce and lean meats and things of that nature. And um, and then I retired from teaching in 2012, by which at that time um, I went full force with my business, and it has grown to where we have a whole, like, corporate catering department. We have, um, you know, all our banquets, school lunches, and things of that nature. We even do 500-calorie meals.
1: Which we're going to get to a little bit later. So, <laughs> so we
3: just do, you know, uh, a gamut of a meal preparation and products and services through hospitality. And we're loving it
1: i love it so when you made that transition into full-time catering Mm -hmm. what was the hardest part for you
3: the hardest part was thinking more as a ceo than as a cook Mm -hmm. or a chef Mm -hmm. because the Cooking piece, the chef piece, the kitchen piece, I had that down pat. Mm-hmm. But the CEO mentality. mentality, I lacked. And it seemed very overwhelming and very challenging to try to manage all those different components mm-hmm. and still uh, maintain a level of excellence. Mm-hmm. So that has, you know, was a challenge. It's not a challenge anymore because we're doing a lot of different things. But yeah, that was. That was a challenge.
0: Did you have a mentor that sort of helped you to work through that? Because that's definitely not easy. Because even with myself, I had to have a couple of mentors who talked me through the business of medicine. Mm -hmm.
3: Well, believe it or not, um, up until I moved my company to D.C., Mm -hmm. and I moved my company to D.C., and then I began to connect with the business community of D.C., and before that, I didn't have any, I, you know, me and God and whatever I didn't know, I didn't know. And that which I did know, I just kept practicing over and over again.
1: Mm-hmm. It
3: was, you know, kind of like a shot in the dark kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
1: But it led you to over 20 years in um, catering. And so let's talk a little bit about your ministry. Um, how long have you been ministering and... um that journey in in that side of the world.
3: I have been in ministry since nineteen ninety four, January the eighth, nineteen ninety four. I became a licensed <laughs> minister.
1: Right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so, with your ministry, how does that help you in business? How it
3: helps me in business is um, first and foremost, God is my source, mm-hmm. and. Because that is my mindset that God is my source, every day that I wake up, I, I automatically have strategies for success and for increase, financial increase. So even if, like right now it's slow season, Christmas has passed, you know, a lot of businesses rest and in, in hospitality and restaurants, you know, it's kind of our slow season right now. But yet I'm still on a high season for me because God is my source. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Um, Number two, excellence is not negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. Every day, myself, my employees, or anyone that I partner with must operate in excellence Mm -hmm. because hospitality is a service type, you know, uh, industry. And from a spiritual perspective, the servant is the greatest. Mm -hmm. So I really pride myself on being a servant. I push my staff and my partners. uh, I don't, you know, force them in any one little box, but I do um, encourage them to, you know, be service minded Mm -hmm. because people, you know, in the hospitality industry, and even in ministry, there's a plethora of of places you can go for worship, as well as restaurants and caterers. So what makes you stand out? Usually what people say when a survey is given, the service was awesome. We enjoyed the food. We enjoyed the ambiance, but the service was excellent. And so that's what how I tie in uh, ministry with work through uh, putting God first. He is my source through having a servant mindset and then wanting to take what is spiritual without making it churchy and impart that to those who I serve. So I do that by not compromising in ingredients. Um, I do that with very closely monitoring my vendors and having a really nice, tight relationship with them. And when I prepare my food, Just like the Jews do I pray over it And I make it kosher
1: Mm. (laughs) I love it That's why it tastes so good (laughs) (laughs) Now let's talk about These 500 calorie meals Um, What are some of the different meals That we can partake in That are only 500 calories But delicious
3: For example I have a a gnocchi And chard dish Which consists of gnocchi Gnocchi is an Italian potato based pastas not pasta in a traditional sense but it's a potato based like a dumpling mm. and it's prepared with tomatoes and chard and several spices and a little uh, mozzarella cheese that's actually under 500 calories believe it or not
0: is it good though it's delicious <laughs> Okay. Well you heard her. She didn't tell us which spices. <laughs> I know, she just had some spices. <laughs> I was listening. I was like, this is good. It, uh, she didn't tell us the spices. <laughs> I can't make
3: that one. Sure you can, and it's very quick and it it's very quick and it's very easy. Under thirty minutes you can have the meal made and enough for your whole family. Hmm. Uh, now
1: are you now what what else? Like what are some other meals yeah, that we can
3: we do we do um Turkey uh, chili,
1: mm-hmm.
3: which uh, you know a lot of people make chili in various ways. but our turkey chili just you know it has a kick. it has we use some um, Mediterranean spices in it, not just you know the regular what do you call it chili powder and yeah. all that. We use some Mediterranean spices just to kind of you know make it a little Fiesta. And that is uh, our turkey chili is only three hundred and I think eighty three calories or something like that.
1: Now do you have a
0: cookbook? Am I like prophesizing to you right now? You are prophesying a cookbook. <laughs> that definitely sounds like it would be a winner because I'm thinking I like to encourage people to meal prep mm-hmm. for the entire week. Right. Okay. So do you have a meal prep business? Yes. Because that could be something yes. that you tie in yes. with your
3: cookbook. Yes, we do do meal prep, which these 500 calorie meals aren't anything that we cater. It's a separate uh, entity for those... Um, I've had several fitness centers and f- personal trainers approach me about meal prep for their clients mm-hmm. and that's where the 500 calorie meals mm-hmm. has come into play. We even have a dish where it's a, a filet mignon with buttermilk, mashed potatoes, steamed baby carrots, uh, caramel onions, and gorgonzola cheese.
1: And how many mashed Like, is it like a little it is teaspoon not. of mashed it potatoes. Is, it is not.
3: And believe it or not, it is not. It is a um, four-ounce pota- um, ice cream scoop. Mm-hmm. And you have um, six baby carrots. And you have a four-ounce medallion, mm-hmm. medallion with... Um, about a tablespoon of caramelized onions, as well as gargonzola cheese, and that whole steak and potatoes meal is 473 calories.
1: Now, am I going to still be hungry when I'm done? You will, that's not, six carrots. you will not. You will not. You know you were singing the same no, thing, Doctor. But Jill. I was
0: thinking that we have a tendency to eat too much. This is true. So more times than not, especially I'll just say Thanksgiving and Christmas, you eat too much and then you decide to eat back mm-hmm. again and by that first plate you're already full right right now you're just eating to be greedy right so the portions that she's talking about is is enough because if you drink a glass of water 10 ounces of water it and seems, you eat and then you drink another 10 ounces of it water it. you're straight yeah yeah
3: <laughs> i've had men six feet tall very uh, muscular and uh, when I test uh, test ran on some friends, um, did a test drive and they're like, oh, this looks cute. And they took my little <laughs> container because I had it set up like a lean cuisine type thing. Mm-hmm. And they took my container, did it like this and put it down, laughed at each other and all those wonderful things. And I said, but you have to try it. And they said, well, how do we know we're going to get full? We're looking at it and that don't fill us uh-huh. up. We think, we think this is a bust, right? We're going to tell you right now it's a bust. Go back and try again. And I said, it is not a bust. You're going to try it, and you're going to buy it. And so they tasted it. They said, we need to eat everything you have here because it's not going to fill us up. You know, I had various Mm -hmm. uh, dishes prepared. We're going to need to eat everything. And they're laughing and, you know, talking about me. They ate one meal each, and they were full. They couldn't even finish the rest Mm -hmm. of the things. And let me tell you why. And Dr. Michelle, being a medical doctor and very uh, expert in medical science, when you eat whole— Uh, bodies that are not from natural foods Mm -hmm. to fill your body up, what it does is it it blasts your cells, meaning, you know, it it immediately, um, uh, what do you call it, provide nutrients Mm -hmm. to your cells immediately. So when your body is getting what it needs and what it is most familiar with, then it's satisfied the reason why we have so many cravings and we overeat is because when we eat processed things sugars Mm -hmm. salts saturated fats um Our body really doesn't recognize those things.
1: Okay, so somebody just tell me, what should I be eating? Because you're telling me I should take a four-ounce filet mignon, (laughs) six carrots, and a dollop of potatoes and be satisfied. But, like, you know, if if we're not supposed to eat this processed food when we're out grocery shopping— Tell me, as I'm going through the outs, what should I be putting in my
0: cart? Well, basically, you should stay on the outer perimeter. Yes. Because everything on the inside mm-hmm. is processed food. Yes. It's canned. It's yes. frozen. It filled with salt. Yes. And boxed. Yes. So that's why you have your fruits, your vegetables. you so walk in the door. Right there. The first thing that you see. Yes. Because if you think about it with our ancestors, what were they eating that was processed? Nothing. Mm-mm. And they lived a a lot healthier than we did. My grandmother just died two years ago. She was 103. She lived down south. Mm -hmm. So if you eat natural foods, that's going to give you the energy, the natural energy that you need to sustain and do what you have to do. Now beans. And to be healthier. We're not worrying about high blood pressure, diabetes, pre-diabetes, and, and high cholesterol that we see in kids these days. Because everyone's eating McDonald's and pizza. Exactly.
1: Now, the beans that yes. are not, you know, in cans, that's in the middle aisle. But beans are good for you, right? But the
0: fresh is always best. Ooh. Ooh, I can rap now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <fit> now. <laughs> Um, but no, but aren't those your
0: fresh beans when they're in the, the bag? The fresh is always best. Not the frozen. No, the fresh.
1: Yeah, yeah, like in the bags, you got to put them in the, the water. Dry beans. Oh, yeah, those yes. are fine. But I'm saying those are in the middle aisles. Like if I start grocery shopping, I'm thinking like, that's hey, an I exception. can't go in the middle. That's, that's an, an exception.
0: exception. That is an exception. Quinoa is also there too. Yeah. So make sure you pick up some of that when you're in that I aisle.
1: I love quinoa. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: do. So,
1: okay, so staying on the outer perimeters, what meats are good? Because I know there's this whole vegan kick. Um, A lot of people are like, oh, have you seen What the Health? If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. And if you see it, you're not going to eat meat ever again in life.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. As a doctor, as a, you know, caterer, Mm -hmm. what are our good meats
0: that are kind of okay to... So, I'm a pescatarian. So, that means I only eat fish. Okay. Shellfish, seafood. And I love bacon.
4: That's my confession.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now we're having. But bacon is bad. Okay. But everybody, I feel, should have a guilty pleasure. Okay. And bacon is my my guilty pleasure. We recently had National Bacon Day. Okay, Okay. that's my (laughs) confession. But the best would be the natural cuts. Okay. So if you had a choice between sausage, hot dogs, and a piece of steak... The steak would be your healthier choice because okay. we don't know what is in steak. I mean, what is in sausage and what is in Frank's. Well,
3: it's, with the exception of the Frank's, I make my own turkey sausage from scratch. So, so I know what's in Taste
0: of, of heaven chefs. would be fine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you can get taste of heaven, I would say go with her turkey right. sausage.
3: <laughs> and by the way, by the way, um, though you guys are speaking quite nicely and I appreciate it of a taste of heaven, I am a executive chef, a certified chef, culinary trained chef. So that is the basis of my knowledge of food and how to handle food.
1: Mm -hmm. Love it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Now it's time for our moments in the valley, um, which is when we share a valley moment that you didn't think you would overcome and how you actually overcame the situation. And so... The fit doc, you get to go first because you were our first guest.
0: Oh my goodness! Thank you so much for the honor. I was going to defer it to Nicole because I'm trying to get on her good side, so she'll taste some, send me some food my way. Oh, I'm sure you guys can have a collabo where you write the recipes and you talk about the fitness
1: behind it. You know, great I'm telling idea. y'all, I'm
0: telling great y- idea, very,
2: very creative,
0: very innovative. Mm, yes. yes. Gosh, so I think I've had a couple of in the valley moments. And I think probably one of the one that I never really revealed to anyone outside of my family and some of my good friends was there was a period right after my partner and I broke up Mm -hmm. and had our divorce, our partnership divorce, that my kids were about about a year or two years old and I went to go and stand up as I was holding one of my children and my legs just gave out.
3: Mm.
0: And I fell back on the couch and I stood up again and then I fell back. And I was at my parents' house because I was feeding the kids before I left their house because I had come from my house and my routine is always to feed the kids at my parents' house and I'll have breakfast with my parents. I ended up going to the doctor. Well, they took me to the emergency room and they couldn't find out anything. I had the whole workup from head to toe and they said everything was fine. Mm -hmm. It was just that I was stressed. And that's one of the turning points in my life where I realized, you know, I'm dedicating all this time to building up my practice. I just went through a rough period of time with my partner And I was truly neglecting my health because of me feeling that I needed to do everything and to prove that I can do it without her. So that's when I sort of stepped back because I was working six days a week. And I had to reassess, like, what am I doing and why am I working so hard? I have nothing to prove to anyone. And as a child of God, I I had to accept that I am human. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I'm not a superwoman.
1: Well, you're our superwoman. (laughs) (laughs) We think that you're spectacular. Of course, And, and <laughs> truly appreciate you sharing that with us because a lot of times we ignore things, mm-hmm. especially with our health. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for being so superb and all of your um, just giving of yourself. Thank you. I, I, I really feel like out of everything that you've shared with us, you and, and that I've read about you. <laughs> <laughs> you are a true using Nicole's word, servant. Mm-hmm. You really want mm-hmm. to lead by example. Almost you definitely. really wanna serve the community mm-hmm. and, and lead them to a place of better living, healthier living, mm-hmm. um, so that they can live a more fulfilled life.
0: I think so. I need to take you on the road with me. You know.
1: <laughs> Where <are> we go? <laughs> You let me know. <laughs> um, now, Nicole, you wanna, are you ready for to share your moment from the Valley?
3: My uh, Valley moment was as a single parent. I'm a mother of four children, three boys, one girl. And raising my children as a single parent, um, finances were very tight, sometimes bleak, sometimes just not there. And to be able to pay the rent and other bills and kept, ha- Allow my children to have a quality of life that didn't reflect. Oh, you just have you know a single mom. Um, that was very a very low place because a lot of times there was just not enough, mm-hmm. and I would make you know decisions that weren't necessarily the best decisions. But I wanted my kids to have everything that a two parent family had, mm-hmm. and you know it's nothing more hurtful than to be responsible for another life, and in my case, four lives, and You know, you can't provide for them the way that you really want to be able to provide for them. And as they get older, they start recognizing things and they start feeling things and expressing things, you know. And that was very, very hard for me because being a mom is like not just my greatest accomplishment, but I love being a mom. I like really love it. I mean, I just love it. And so... Um, It was important for me to be able to allow my kids to have a normal life, so to speak. But the decisions that I made caused some hills and valleys because, you know, my resources were limited. And I tell you, while I I so much love being a mom, I would never— wanted to have done it as a single mother mm-hmm. because really that's why God has a, you know a man and a woman to make a family because its it was really very very hard it was very difficult mm-hmm. you know sometimes the lights cut off the water was cut off we got evicted you know and those kind of things and and um I had all kind of hustles going on. I used to work stand up sleep <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> just so that you know I could try to you know make ends meet but the takeaway from that is I realized that you have to own your own truth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, though I felt like I might have been judged as being a single mother, that was my truth. I was a single mm-hmm. mother. And hindsight being twenty twenty, as long as I was doing my best and I was honoring God and loving all my children, mm-hmm. then I, I didn't have to try to produce something just so that it would appear to others that I had it all going on Mm -hmm. as a single mother. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would admonish people that if you do find yourself in a single parent situation, just own your truth. I mean, if you have it to give and you want to give your children everything above and beyond, no problem. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, don't feel guilty about it. Because if you're providing them the necessities that they need to be healthy and well, and you're loving them properly, Mm -hmm. that is your best and your best will be the best.
1: Thank you for sharing that. Um, I feel like as a mom of two um, and you're a mother of two, Mm -hmm. so when it comes to our children, like you said, that's your greatest accomplishment. One Thing. I guess I w- I'll share a moment in the Valley. It's not really work-related, but one of my Valley moments was I had the hardest time being able to successfully have children. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the time, like I was, I was young. I was like 30, you know, under 30. And so uh, the conversation that doesn't really exist, Mm -hmm. I I feel like, or even in, especially in the African American community is miscarriages. Mm -hmm. And I I had five miscarriages before I was able to have my first kid. Mm -hmm. And so for me, Like I can go and I can do all the amazing things and create as much amazing content and whatever it is that I want to do. But there's no greater blessing Mm -hmm. than being able to create children. Um, And and have that, you know, responsibility over another life and to be able to teach them and guide them and lead them and all those wonderful things. So um, I appreciate you sharing something that's very personal um, because it's led me to share my journey of being able to successfully have children. Um, But that's what the show is all about, because I think in all of our lessons, there are greater lessons that other people can learn from and take away and be the best people that God has created us to be. So on that note, um, thank you so much for being on the show, both of you ladies. Thank I think, you so much, you for, so having much for having both of us. Would you mind sharing your contact effort, your social media handles just so if people want to get in contact with you, they can. I'll be sure to post information up on the website. But go ahead. Okay.
0: So on Instagram, it is Fit, F-I-T-D-O-C, Michelle with one L, last name Reed, R-E-E-D. And on Facebook, it is Dr. Michelle with one L. One L, middle initial C, last name R-E-E-D. And for my email, feel free because I love questions and I love interaction. It's Dr. Michelle with one L at fit, F-I-T-D-O-C dot com. Awesome.
3: And my Instagram is a Taste of Heaven Catering Service. And my Facebook page is a Taste of Heaven Catering Service, D.C. Union Kitchen.
1: Before we wrap up today's episode, we want to leave you with a WBB health tip all right ladies now it's time for our wbb health tips right now we are joined by the dr tia hill thank you for being here dr tia hill hi how are you i am well and she is the ceo of fighting for lives and so she's going to talk to us today about what should you look for in a doctor
4: So oftentimes I get asked that question and one of the things that I've realized is that you need to make sure that you can talk to your physician. Mm -hmm. Um, Having open dialogue, be able to say what your symptoms are, what you're feeling, the way that you may have stress or if your blood sugar is elevated. Making sure that you have open communication allows for you and your physician to have an amazing relationship.
1: Now, if you say, okay, I, you know, I'm feeling this kind of way. And yes, I feel like I can be open with my doctor. What else are certain, you know,
4: qualifiers that you should look for when selecting a doctor? Um, now with an the, the assistance of uh, social media, our licenses are now like listed online. I definitely tell people to check, see if there's reviews. We have our own medical review board where our patients can actually review us and say that that's an amazing physician. When you go into the office, see how you feel. Is it somewhere that you're like, hmm, are you waiting too long? Remember, your time is just as valuable as that of us as a provider. Uh, the next thing is making sure that when you say, doc, something doesn't feel right, They hear that and they honor that. If you do not feel like you're able to relate or that that symptom and that headache that just can't go away and you keep talking about doesn't go away and they brush it under the rug, I definitely recommend this time to get another doctor.
1: So this is all great information. And I think that all of our listeners will greatly appreciate just having like these little doses of insight of things to look out for when it comes to their health. Mm-hmm. So thank you for joining us today. And You're we welcome. we will have you again next week because you are a regular feature here <laughs> on the Woman Behind the <laughs> Business talk radio. And I look forward to hearing what you have for us next week. Me too. Thanks. All right. So that's the show for today. Please be sure to check out past broadcasts on our website, WBBtalk.com. And be sure to follow us on social media at WBBtalk.com. A special thank you to our show producer, Cal Murdoch, and our program director, Max Myrick. Until next time, stay blessed.